Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. Some talk shows think all of their opinions are right. This one, this one knows they are. This is Perception is Reality. Christopher H. Bilbury is a no-nonsense, well, maybe a little bit of nonsense, political activist, local government watchdog, and all-around good Hoosier and God-fearing American citizen. Is this guy for real? Holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the importance of participating in their local government with a dab of national and world politics and a little pop culture and maybe some real-life common sense. This, this is, is Perception is Reality. And this is Christopher I liked H. it much better when Three's Company was in your head. All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this 121st episode of Perception is Reality. I'm your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey, and we are joined once again with Reagan, just Reagan. Hopefully, everybody's still listening. (laughs) I know a possible select few that might be. Uh, how's everything going? Hope everybody's doing well. Um, as always, you can find us on all major podcast hosting sites. I'm going to ask that you share the show with everyone you know. Let them know the easiest way to find us is by Googling Bilbrey Podcast. That's B-I-L-B-R-E-Y Podcast. Also, check us out on Facebook. There I do a live video episode seven days a week at 8.35 p.m. in the evening, live at 8.35. Check us out there. The conversation never ends. So, we are moving right along in the 2020 election season. I think we have right at like 50, maybe 49 days until the election. 48. It just depends on when you listen to this. We're somewhere in that window. And I think that Reagan and I had talked about a couple different things for this episode. Of course, there have been a couple different things and a couple heavy news-related things that have happened locally. A couple different things that we were going to talk about. Maybe things that we might talk about in the future, how it's hard to talk with folks. It seems like no one can agree to disagree anymore. Nobody seems to be intelligent enough to be able to debate their points and listen to others. You know, those are all interesting things. We might talk about those, maybe talk about being nice to those that disagree with you or not having to hate your not being not being buttheads about it. Absolutely, yeah. That's <laughs> right, right. Absolutely, that's the that's the thing. It seems like so many people, you know, they want to kill their enemy. Yeah. And uh, what was it um, in? Uh, it was in The Godfather. I've never seen that. Oh God, are you kidding me? You've never seen that in The Godfather? Godfather 3, which is one of the worst Godfathers. I like them all, but in uh, The Godfather 3, Michael Corleone says, Never hate your enemies. It affects your judgment. 
And uh, I think that's a really good, good quote. But we'll talk about that maybe in some other podcast. Today, we wanted to talk a little bit about the confusion surrounding the mail-in votes. Of course, it's... What kind of... Wait, what kind of confusion is there? Why can't we just talk about the difference of opinion on mail-in voting? We can we can talk about that. I think that's part of the confusion. I think part of the confusion <laughs> is we've been voting as a country for 200-some years one way, and now all of a sudden this year, there's massive pushes to do all of this weird thing. Because of the pandemic. Well, but there's not really a need for that because you've always been able to vote by absentee ballot in the past. Mm-hmm. And so, like my grandparents so, who voted by absentee ballot for the last four or five years this year plan to vote by absentee ballot again. Yeah. And so I, you know, I don't, it just, it almost seems like this is an attempt. And I, I can see why people feel like this is an attempt to manipulate the election one way or another, whether it's being manipulated for the Republicans or it's being manipulated for the, le- the left, the Democrats. I can see why both sides would say that and have issue and take issue with that. And so even, I think, between you and I, there's a little bit of disagreement. So we want to talk about that. And no. this is something that... Wait, hold on. What? Yeah, no. I don't agree with mail-in voting. I okay. just think it's something that needs to be talked about. Well, yeah, I definitely want to talk about that, and that's the. But go ahead. I have a question first. Okay. So I think we should start it out by <clears throat> addressing because I think I've noticed that this is a touch controversial. If there's a difference between absentee voting and mail-in voting, like the mail-in ballot, or if there's not. Okay, that's a really good. That's a really good. That's a really good question, and yeah, we can definitely speak to that. I want everyone to know whether you're listening to this from Muncie or Winchester, or if you're listening to this in Evansville, Indiana, or in Kentucky, or Maine, or California, that this is something that affects us all, and it affects us across all of the political theaters, whether you're talking mm-hmm. about the national political theater, your state political theater, or your local, your your county, your your district, maybe your your local city town, because that's going to be the ballot that you get. Either you walk in and vote on election day. Or you walk in early and vote at the early voting centers that they have before the election, which has always been available and will be available again this year. Or you get your regular absentee ballot that you've gotten every year, or you might be getting it again this year. Maybe you've reached an age where you don't want to go vote, or you're bedridden, or you're not going to be here and so you get and you request that. Or will you be getting one of these new mail-in ballots? So I do think that that's good to talk about if there's a difference. And I think that it's just important. I want people to know that 
don't tune out of this because you think, oh, it's going to be national politics because this affects local races, it affects state races, and it affects the presidential races. So we will be talking about all of these in this episode, and I think that's very important. So I think that there are a couple different things to look at here, first and foremost, depending on where you're at and where you're listening to this from. You know, one of the biggest things that I have an issue with is... Why this is not uniform across all 50 states, why every county in every state is not doing this the same, I feel as though that would eliminate a lot of issues. But then you get the people who say, well, you've got states' rights, and each state should be able to do what they want to do. And I get that on a lot of things, but I just feel like it breeds a lot of confusion when you have the national media talking about, oh, mail-in ballots, mail-in ballots, and you have states that are set up to where they are sending all registered voters either a ballot to mail in or a form to request the ballot. And like, for example, in the state of Indiana, nothing different is happening. If you want a mail-in ballot, a mail-in absentee ballot, which... You could have got last year, you could have got the year before, has nothing to do with COVID, has nothing to do with anything. We always have done absentee ballots. You have to do the same thing this year during this election that you would always have had to have done. The only thing different in the state of Indiana is the length of time that you have to request and the length of time you have to send it in is a little bit different. So I think that we probably need to look at you know, break them them down. So what's your thought? Well, I agree that I think that it should be all, I personally think that it should be all the same across the board. Even though, you know, like you said, states are supposed to get to choose what they do, states' rights, but I feel like voting is different. Like, why should the voting in Ohio be different? different than us sure well um go ahead no you go ahead i, I mean it's just uh, right i uh, i you know i get that because for example so there's a mailer that went out in the last couple days from the federal level and i have it in my hand my grandparents received this today and i got this it says It's from the United States Postal Service, the Postmaster General. If you plan to vote by mail, plan ahead. Dear Postal Customer, if you plan to vote by mail, we're committed to providing you a secure, effective way to deliver your ballot. Use this checklist to prepare. Start today. Give yourself and your election officials ample time to complete the process. Rules and dates vary by state, so contact your election board to confirm. Find the links at, and it provides a link, usps.com forward slash voting info. Request your mail-in ballot, often called absentee ballot, at least 15 days before the election. Once received, follow the instructions and add postage if necessary to the return envelope if needed. We are recommended... We, we recommend you mail your ballot at least seven days before the election day. We are ready to deliver for you. Make sure you are ready to your United States Postal Service. And then it sends this. So my grandparents got this and thought this was something that they needed to fill out and send in or do. This, this seemed confusing. 
they thought so this was a notice, basically. It's just a notice. So like a notification. Yeah. Just letting them know because they voted absentee. Like they voted with the absentee yes. ballot in the past, right? Yeah, the last three so or four elections they, they have. Send out, send out to some people who they know vote that way. Yes, and, and they're so just like, oh, get hold of it. Well, and and so here's the deal: in the state of Indiana, which I believe most of the listeners come from, so we'll say it this way: in the state of Indiana, in the years past, let's talk about not 2020 because this is a cluster. In years past, you could vote a couple different ways. You could go in in person on election day in May or on election day in November, the primary or the November election, and you can vote in person at the polling place on election day. Bam, you're done. You can also vote early by going 28 days before the election. They offer early voting 28 days before the election for 28 days. Basically, they're offered Monday through Friday during the hours that your county clerk's office is open because that's where it generally is. And then (laughs) the two Saturdays before the election day, they are open generally like 8.30 to 3. And you can go in there. And then the Monday before election day, they are open for early voting 8.30 to noon, and that is going to continue this year, so you can vote that way. That's considered early, quote-unquote, absentee voting because you're voting differently than what you generally would. You can also request an absentee ballot be sent to your home, and you've always been able to do that in the state of Indiana. But that's for people who... At least in my, so like the military personnel. Yep. Um, who've been and then people who can't. People who go. are ill. People people who are bedridden. People who can't you yeah. know say they are handicapped in some way or right. or or vice versa. You know uh, they're they're uh, not vice versa. They are uh, going well, to be gone. For, what? Not for people who are afraid of what's going. Not on. Not just for not for <laughs> you. Generally, can't be you can't get that if you're like thirty years old. I vote early. That's how I do it. There are people who are in their thirties and forties that are not going to be here on election day and don't have time to run downtown, so they can request. You have to fill out a form, and in years past, you had to have a valid reason. Some people would be denied. You have to have, yes, because they might say, well, that's not a valid reason. And I've never agreed with that. I've always thought if you want an absentee ballot, I personally don't like that. I think you should vote on election day or you should vote early in person. I think those are the two ways. Then, Which voting early in person, mm -hmm. to be clear... Is not absentee voting. It's correct. Correct. It's it's not it's not. Ta- I mean, you you vote the same way you do if you go in on election right. day, but it's right. not it's still not the same thing as voting on the second Tuesday after the second Monday in in May or or in November. So it, it's a little bit different. It's not doing it on election day, but it is doing it at a voting machine in person. In in person, you're not someone else isn't voting. Then the other and way. Is travel board voting where if you're in a nursing home and you're elderly and you might not be able to push the button, they have a Republican and a Democrat come, a representative from the Republicans and a representative from the Democrats actually come to you with the ballot machine and they vote you by what you say. Yep. 
we offer that in the state of Indiana. And those, so those are the ways that you can do that. This year, because of COVID-19, nothing changes in the state of Indiana. Everything except, that we just mentioned stays the same, except whatever you were COVID getting ready to valid, say. COVID co- is a valid ex- yes. like, reason. Yes. You could be, you, you might be a 30-year-old uh, asthmatic person, and you can say, I don't want to leave the house. Or you might be a healthy 30-year-old person and say, I don't want to leave the house. I don't want to come out. And you can get that. And the other thing that's different is there's a longer time period. There are always time periods on these things where you have so many days to request an absentee ballot. This year, you don't have that. Right. This year, it's a longer time period. And then in other states, they're doing different things where the state is mailing every person listed as a voter a ballot or every person listed as a voter a form to request a ballot and in some we'll say again you said you do not like that way i do not like that way i I could go stand at my neighbor's sure house wait for it to come in fill it out and send it back for them sure sure as well as your own and your your mother's and and several other people's that could happen absolutely that's not a good way i do not agree with that the other thing is i saw which i just wanted to throw that in there how they like verify like that it's you how they verify it's you is that they just check it which who knows if they actually do this with each one but i saw something where it mentioned that they they check your signature versus one that they have on file. Sure. Yep. Yep. So I just think, you know. And and, and there's human error there, you know. Yeah. Uh, someone's signature when they're 30 versus someone's signature when they're 80 is going to be different, you know, in some cases because they might be shaky or, or this or that. And, uh, you know. Well, I'm just thinking I was really good at forging my mom's signature whenever I was in school. Right. So. Absolutely. So you could I mean, you know, it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be hard for fraud to be right. Uh, you know, creeping into that process. The other aspect of that, and I want to get that out then and then we can get into the discussion, is you have states where the actual parties are sending the information. So you have the Democrat Party sending the the quote-unquote mail-in ballot or the mail-in ballot request to voters. And so you have instances where the Republican Party is sending it or the Democrat Party is sending it. And again, much like the second way we just mentioned, I don't like that either because I think that lends itself to uh, first of all, fraud in the same way uh, as the other way, but I don't like the parties doing that because, you know, who knows what other ickiness is going on there. Not to mention mail-in ballots, and you have this with absentee ballots. I don't know how many people have seen, you know, the the news re- reports every year that, oh, uh, there was a truck full of ballots found a week after the election or, you know, a bag of 1,500 of ballots were found in the clerk's closet uh, a month and a half after the election. That stuff happens every election, always. And now on top of that, you throw this in where people are so confused, people are so scared, people are, are, are being fed bullshit from the Republicans and bullshit from the Democrats. 
And I just think that it's across the board going to be a nightmare because, you know, there are situations where they are not going to have this information counted for days and weeks. They are talking about the possibility of not having a presidential winner for months. Yeah. And they're talking about the steps and the process that happens. So right now, Donald Trump is the president. Joe Biden is the Democrat running against him. And if it takes three and a half months before they know who the winner is, that means there will come a point in time on January 20th or the 21st or whatever it is where Trump's term will expire. And at that point, by law, by the Constitution, he would have to vacate the presidency. He would have to vacate the White House. And the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, would become the president until they determined. And now they might then determine that Trump is the president and he goes back. But that's going to be a nightmare. And you're going to have the situation where Trump's going to say, in that case, he's not giving it up. And I'll say this. I want to put this out there right now. If the election is fair and square, if nothing dirty happens, and it was across the board a regular election, and Donald Trump loses, and he's like, no, I'm not leaving, I would be ready to charge the White House just like anybody else would. I would be ready to stand up with the Democrats and say, this is not right. He can't stay here. And so many other Republicans would be. There are people out there saying, no, we'll keep him. I don't think that it should be, you know, stand up with the Democrats. It should be anybody who respects how American democracy works. The transfer of power. But. Yeah. But. If this is stolen, if this election is screwed up, and if we're, we're purposely trying to write fraud into this process, you know, that's why I just don't understand. We've no, been- I agree. I think, I mean, if that were the case where, you know, we're waiting three and a half, two months, a day, however long, Biden hasn't been president, but Trump was, it would make sense that he stayed. And it's, to me, even though I'm sure people are going to hate this, but it shows that, you know, even even though I'm sure he has his own narcissistic reasons for doing so, but I think it shows, you know, that he really respects the position if he chooses to stay. I mean, who would just want to, like, let the White House sit empty with no president and freaking Nancy Pelosi becoming president. Right, right. For even a day. Yeah, right, right. Well, you know, I just... We've been voting the way we've been voting since the beginning of time in America, since the Civil War. I'm not saying saying the Civil War was the beginning of America. Just that's when a lot of our, around that time is when a lot of our voting practices have went into place and basically things have been the same since. I just don't think that this year is a, I don't know that there's a reason to change what we've been doing. I, I feel like... If we can socially distance going to doctor's offices 
and we can socially distance going to church, and we can socially distance going to Walmart for food, then we can socially... It might take... Here's what I would be okay with. I would be okay with them in making the election day longer. Don't make it from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Make it from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. Make it from Mm -hmm. 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday or Tuesday and make it from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Wednesday. Increase the period that way. Increase the length of the day. Make more machines in a wider space. Cut down on the number of polling sites you have. If it takes a period of time, if you have to hire staff to stand outside to make sure that people are socially distancing from one another, that's fine. And then if there are elderly people, if there are younger people, if there are sickly people that want an absentee ballot, mail in your form to your clerk's office, request that, get it and vote. But this confusion and changing this election up on what's... I hate when people say, this is the biggest election of our life. Yes, every election's that way because it's the election that we're currently in. Right. This election is bigger than the last election because we're here now. I don't see a reason to change what we're doing. I think that that that's no good. I just, I don't, I, I'm not... That something about that makes me uncomfortable, and I'm not a fringe right-leaning alt-right uh, freak, and I'm not a fringe alt-left, you know, left-leaning freak. I'm just a normal person saying, "Don't change this stuff." Yep, and I think that that's where it kind of leads into is if is COVID a good reason. You being afraid, is it a good reason to have an absentee ballot? Absolutely. Which personally, I don't think so. I mean, I think that if you're deathly sick with the flu, lupus, cancer, if you can walk and you can get there safely, that you should go vote just because that's how seriously people should take voting. I feel like that you know, people are so okay with this because, and I'm not sure if it's always been this way, but, you know, at least, at least the years that I've been paying attention, which haven't been that many, but people don't take voting as seriously as I think that it should be taken. Right. So they're just so okay with, and, and also I think COVID is such a loose reason like anybody can just be like you know they could be lazy and they could just be like oh i'm afraid of the covid i'm gonna do an absentee vote you know absentee ballot and i feel like that that's not something that we should let people do either well and to that mindset i I always say this every year around election day in 2016 my grandmother was diagnosed with cancer lung cancer and it was very, very fast moving. And by October, it was very apparent that she didn't have much time to live at all. And she had been very politically active all of her life. She's the grandmother that got me involved in politics. And she's, you all have her to blame for why I am the way I am. And um, 
she went to the poll to vote in 2016 in a wheelchair, having my mother push her with an oxygen mask on, having had at least one, if not a couple strokes, uh, cognitive strokes to where she was kind of off the wall even, but by God, she wanted to vote and she was going to vote. And she voted in that election like on November 7th and she died on November 13th. (laughs) So she was literally like on her deathbed crawling to the polling site to vote. That's what we need more of. And we need people like that. People really care that much about it. Absolutely. That that she was having a hard time at this point getting up and using the bathroom by herself. She she could not shower by herself, but she... She couldn't even walk by herself. She She couldn't walk by herself. She couldn't walk by herself. She couldn't walk by herself. Yeah. I mean, that's... Absolutely. That should be the American mindset. Absolutely. Absolutely. We need to vote in this country for who we want to be president and we, who we want to be in office, we need to take advantage of that uh, vote. Yeah, and the only reason that you're not voting is you should be dead that day. Other than that, you probably should get there. Right. You, if, if you, if, if, uh, there's no reason that you shouldn't and, be able to get there. And don't get me wrong, I feel like after we touched on this, maybe it seems like I personally, with not talking about this year, not talking about the COVID excuse that gets to go on the absentee balloting, but I don't think that I'm against the absentee ballot, but only for certain situations. And, you know, it's for the, like, your grandma could have done absentee ballot and I would have been perfectly okay with it. Sure. Sure. But you know why she didn't? Because she didn't truly trust absentee ballots. Yeah. And she le- and let me let me preface this by saying she worked in the Delaware County Clerk's office, which is the office in charge of elections. She worked in and around this. She was a precinct committeeman who was in charge of getting the information for the people within her precinct uh, information on absentee ballots and she wanted to vote in person. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm just saying, I think that it's it's a good resource for people to have. I think that ideally, it's just supposed to add to the voter, the voter count um, for, you know, those people who wouldn't want to, or maybe some, you know, people who are all alone and just can't do it themselves. You know what I mean? Sure. Which sure. that could go into a whole other thing about how we need to you know, how we could have more people helping with that aspect. But anywho, well, I do think that I do think that absentee valley could be a good resource for the people who absolutely need it. I don't think that COVID should be an acceptable reason for people to use absentee ballots. I agree. I agree. I'm not, I mean, I'm okay with people being nervous. I'm okay with people being scared. I'm okay with people wearing masks. I'm okay with people being really, really worried about COVID-19. Back during the midterm election of the 1918 uh, Spanish flu, during that time period, we had a midterm election in the United States. And in that time period, there were a lot of things that happened. There were polling sites that weren't open, and voters had to use 
alternate polling sites. There were orders in in California for all poll workers and for all voters to wear face masks. And the election turnout was low. Now, it was a midterm election and voting sounds turnout familiar. in mid... What? I said that time period sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Well, and the thing is, <clears throat> like I said, midterm elections tend to be low to begin with. This is a presidential election, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. But they didn't do mass mail-outs then. They just had people go. They had people be careful. And they they had you... Use caution and do the very best that you could do. But yeah. people still went out and voted, and they just did what they needed to do. This is a very, very, very important election to not just say, ah, I'll, I'll wait till next time around, or to, to give it up and say, okay, whatever they send my way, I will just accept, because I am really worried about fraud in this situation and everybody is is blaming it on somebody else i honestly don't care who's at fault i don't like fraud if it's the republicans and i don't like fraud if it's the democrats and the normal everyday citizens that we all are should be saying i don't i don't give a damn who it is i do not want my vote tampered with right and if you can get to the poll get to the poll. I do want to throw in here real quick. If you're listening to this episode on or before October 5th, 2020, you can register to vote and you can check your registration, change your registration, update your registration by going to www.indianavoters.com. That's www.indianavoters.com. V-O-T-E-R-S dot com. You have until 11.59 p.m. on Monday, October 5th. The very next day, Tuesday, October 6th, early voting begins in the state of Indiana. If you're outside the state of Indiana, you'll want to check with your local county clerk's office. And if you're outside of Delaware County or Randolph County or Henry County or Madison County, it, wherever you're at, your, your best bet would be to call your, your clerk's office. But if you're not registered, you know people that need to get registered, definitely have them go there. You can also ask your clerk's office for any help that you might need. And I always throw this out every year. If somebody needs information, if you need information on early voting, if you need information on absentee voting, if you need information on getting a traveling board to to come to you, or if you live outside of Indiana and you need help, if you can't find help or you're having a hard time utilizing the old Neil system by kneeling it up and and doing what you can on wait a minute i mean googling it up uh sorry i don't know what i said kneel for Uh, that was weird if you're having a hard time what's called googling if you're having a hard time googling it sorry sometimes i use the word kneel in place of google It's it's a long story um if you can't do that i will uh 
help you, and you can call me at 765-546-9796, and I will put you in touch with the people that you need to be put in touch with. As well as on election day, if you need a ride to the polling place, you can get a hold of me and I will help put you in contact with agencies or, or people or individuals who who do that as well. So I, I always offer that, that, that up. I will say this, every year someone contacts me, a couple people contact me on election day and they tell me, hey... Uh, I just got turned away at the uh, polling site because they said I wasn't registered. How can I get registered? Can you help me get registered today? And I have to say, no, I can't help you today. But if you call me tomorrow, I can help you get registered for the next year's election. And, of course, they never call me the next day. And that doesn't help with the election that day. Don't be that person. I will tell you right now, this year... On November 3rd, I will be contacted by somebody who will get a hold of me and tell me that they are not able to vote. And when that happens, I'm going to lose it. That happens every year. Just don't be that person. Get registered today. All right, we need to take a real quick break. You're listening to episode 121 of Perception is Reality. I'm Christopher H. Bilberry. She's Jazz Hands. We'll be right back. Hello, folks. Are you having trouble with your sewer needs? Do you have a toilet that needs plunged? Do you have pipes that need laid in your backyard? Do you need drain service or water jetting? Do you have general plumbing issues? Do you need a toilet installed or serviced or serviced? Well, then you need to call my friends, Mark Bolin and Sherry Sheline, today, or maybe tonight, at Reliable Plumbing Services. That's right, folks. That's Mark Bolin and Sherry Sheline. They have all your plumbing needs, 28 years experience, senior citizens discount, military discount, and you can call them today at 765-252-3665. And tell them the reason you're coming is because of Christopher Bilbrey and Perception is Reality. Call them today. Perception, Perception is, is reality. Reality. All right, we're back. <laughs> that, that worked wonderfully. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. This is episode 121. I'm Chris. She's Reagan. And uh, we've been talking about the voting situation that we are going to be faced with in America in the next... Well, coming days, honestly, because it's already starting to ramp up. 
for those people that are listening to this from Indiana, specifically in the East Central Indiana area, for specifically those from the Delaware County area, because a lot of the listeners are from Delaware County, Indiana, I want to give just a little bit of an insight to what we're looking at and, and what they are looking at. So in the spring, in the spring election, which was just held in June, normally mm-hmm. they're held in May, but because of COVID, it was pushed back <clears throat> until June. They processed roughly around 7,000 absentee ballot voters. So that means 7,000-some people turned in absentee ballots, generally right around 3,500 or so do. So they did have quite a bit more. Now, I don't particularly off the top of my head know how many they planned for. I don't know if that was more or less than what they planned for. I do know that the elected clerk of Delaware County, Rick Spangler, said in a meeting with the Delaware County Council that it took about everything his office had to process what happened in the spring. So he has been ramping up, trying to to get things ready so that they could handle what's getting ready to come at them. Mm-hmm. He said that the outside projections are that Delaware County will handle roughly 20,000 ABS votes, absentee ballot votes. Okay. His projection is that his office will handle 15,000. He has the supplies and everything ready for 15,000. He has the money set aside and will be able to get more if needed, but he is believing that in the next coming weeks and months, the next couple 50-some days, 49-some days, they're going to be handling fifteen to 20,000 quote-unquote mail-in ballots. In the state of Indiana, we don't call them mail-in ballots because they're absentee ballots, which they've always dealt with. It just seems like this time they're going to deal with more and, I mean, that's a pretty big jump. I don't know what they're doing, honestly. I don't know what they're they're doing, really. What, who are doing? The clerk's office. Oh, okay. In trying to ramp up. I don't know if they've got more staff. I don't know, you know, I don't know how they're... I, if, if he's saying that they were just about at the seams busting with with everything going on with 7000 just a couple months ago i don't know how they're going to deal with more than double that here in november i, know. I mean that's possibly read you know to people hiring that they're going to be hiring more people which wouldn't that come out of like taxpayers money well they did fill they did fill internally some holes they had so mm-hmm. I, I when you when you deal with hiring internally, you're just basically shifting people around. So I don't, I, you know, that doesn't. That, I do agree with what you're saying there, and so that's going to be interesting. And I, I know a lot of places are looking for that. What what scares me is the whole possibility. And we touched on it a little bit 
obviously the fraud is an issue, but I, I want to know election night, you know? I right. want to know what's going on on election night, maybe the day after. I, you know, I've been involved with some elections where you don't know until the day after. My grandmother ran a race where we didn't know for a week after because they had to go back and recount and, and there were some legal battles that were involved. I'm old enough to remember the Bush-Gore ordeal from 2000 and you know I was, I was three years old yeah i mean you know you've heard about all that that's crazy that you were three years old at that time i was a senior in high school no i was out of high school yeah i was a senior in high school um wow and that was a disaster you know it was a disaster and and the goal was for that to never happen again and I just, I, my fear is with where America is at right now <clears throat> that we're, we're going to be setting ourselves up for a hell of a ride. I'm afraid of November and December 2020. I'm afraid of what America is going to look like. I'm afraid there's going to be so much divisiveness and there already yeah. is that we're going to have both sides not willing to give and we're not going to be Americans at that point. And, and I, you know, there are folks that are, are, are war gaming, you know, they're going through the scenarios of could we be looking at a civil war? You know, that sounds insane to say. That sounds insane to say that as as I set in Muncie, Indiana, and you set in, where do you live, in Carmel or wherever you live? Noblesville. Noblesville, that's ridiculous. Okay, so that sounds insane to say that, but go downtown to the Circle in Indianapolis, or go to Kenosha, Wisconsin, or go to any place in Seattle, and tell those people, there the Civil War has already began. So it's like that, those are like that's like the killing of Archduke Francis Ferdinand. That's like the the spark that kicked off World War One. Is what's happening currently the spark that kicks off what happens in November when neither side is ready to <clears throat> concede, and at that point we're no longer Americans. We're we're right leaning conservative Americans, or we're left leaning liberal Americans, or we're uh, African Americans, or we're uh, English. No, 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 no. I believe that we need to get to the thought of we're Americans. We want what's right. We should be able to talk. And, and maybe we do need to have a, an episode where we talk about debate and and how to have civil discourse uh, because. I think that's so lost, and, and this is really scaring me. Your thoughts? Yeah, sorry. I, I, I was on mute and I forgot. <laughs> so I started talking, and I was like, oh, I'm on mute. But anyways, um, yeah, I think that those are the, the points that you were talking about. They do seem a bit dramatic um, just because, like, you don't want to think about those things happening, but even if you simple it down, I just, I can't, it's hard for me to see any pros to it. You know, I'm just seeing like cons and then something that just, you know, that 
something else that just sparked up to me is that say which states are slowly starting it looks like slowly starting to become mail-in states so um you know michigan just became the sixth early may yeah what if states slowly start to you know follow that path then what are we going to be doing paying people to send us ballots and then paying people to count them i don't know i mean unless they are just okay with you know it taking a year to find out who wins the election and then everything else would have to change it's just I don't know. I'm interested to know more about what those states are doing and how it's working for them. Sure. But also it's hard for me, you know, whenever, you know, whenever everybody's done voting and that night and you're seeing on the, whenever you're watching the news and on the TV and they're pulling in the votes from each state, it's, I'm never going to look at those states again, the same, because I'm going to think, Hmm, how many of those were messed with or, I don't know. It's just well, yeah. I mean, in a normal year, and I, I talked about that at the beginning. In a normal year, there are always votes like, "Oh, here's a trunk full of fifteen hundred ballots, and here's a clerk's office that's got eleven hundred votes in it." And and you, you you know, there's a here's a deputy clerk's desk that we just found after we fired her, and she's got six years of absentee vote votes right. in here. What? That's yeah. just normal human evil or human corruption or, or whatever you want to call it during a or normal just, year. Or just a, it In, could even just be a mistake, you know what I mean? Incompetency or a mistake, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, it's just it's just one that you can't go back and fix. You can't right. be like, oh, by the way, add these in. Right. It's not how it works. <clears throat> right, right. So now put on top of that such a divisive powder keg of, of a country. Right. We're, well, yeah, we're it's at just going to continue to fuel the so-called fire. Absolutely. And I would encourage anyone who has any thoughts uh, about, you know, mail-in voting or absentee, the absentee ballot to reach out and talk to us about it. And especially if you, you know, think that there's more pros than cons. I mean, sure. I personally don't think that I have found just based off of like my two days of research, uh, I personally don't think that there's really any pros um, except for what we talked about early in, earlier in this, but um, so that we can talk about it and have further discussion because that's what's most important. Sure, absolutely. I mean, I'm definitely okay and, and, and interested in revisiting this. I would love to talk to folks. If somebody wants to call and, and, and talk about their thoughts or feelings, we can definitely do that. If somebody wants to express their opinions, we can we can absolutely revisit this again. Uh, of course, I will be, you know, looking at what's going on in many many different uh, areas during the election, as well as nationally. If anybody wants to call in and disagree with us and tell us why we're completely wrong, I'm cool with that. Uh, I, I, I think that we can definitely, you know, look at this a couple more times and there's, there's a lot to talk about with this. Uh, I mean, honestly, we could, we could probably talk for several hours and yeah. I don't think that we would be talking about anything that would be 
be wrong. So, you know, I don't think we would be going over the same thing. I think that we could talk about something new every time. So if you're interested in giving information here, uh, you can you can send it to my email at khbilbury at gmail.com or put it on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash bilbury318. I think we're getting ready to try to figure out an email for Reagan. And uh, I don't I know, do you, want, like, do you want to give him your email? Yeah, my personal one's R-U-U-G-A-N-R-E-E-S-E at gmail.com. And I'll put that in the summary since nobody... No way anybody followed what you just said. Her Why? email will be in the uh, summary, and you can email either one of us. All right, you're listening to episode 121 of Perception is Reality. I'm Christopher H. Bilbrey. She's Reagan, and we'll be right back. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this 121st episode of Perception is Reality. I'm Christopher H. Bilbrey. She is Reagan. I want to say thank you for tuning in and giving us a little bit of your time. Be sure to share the show with everyone you know. We can be found everywhere. Check us out on Facebook and get a hold of us. If there's something that you need to get a hold of us for, you can email us. I'll put those in the summary of this episode. Until next time, stay active, stay involved, be safe, God bless. And we'll look forward to talking to you all again real soon. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318. And on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com. Or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember, perception, perception is, is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.